When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, and I'm going to look tonight at uh, the relationship between the CIA, American presidents, and covert operations, particularly as it relates to the Iran-Contra scandal under President Ronald Reagan, um, and the the fact that these twin scandals, and the Iran scandal and the Contra scandal, these two twin covert operations were um, directly under the, the kind of the purview of, of the president uh, and connected to him uh, and his whims uh, intimately. One of the things that um, is often overlooked by um, uh, historians, normally quite favourable historians, to um, Ronald Reagan is the extent to which he um, employed the CIA uh, in Central America uh, to facilitate um, crimes in Nicaragua uh, and, and other countries. Um, and as with most American presidents, historical amnesia means that um, they tend to be judged uh, e- extremely leniently um, by the official record. Um, in almost every single case, I think as Noam Chomsky pointed out, had the Nuremberg laws been uh, applied evenly, every post-war president would have been hanged for crimes against humanity. Um, so tonight I'm looking at Theodore Draper's uh, History of the Iran-Contra Affair, uh, A Very Thin Line. Um, and he paints a very um, compelling contextual picture of um, the CIA uh, and the uh, the office of the uh, of, of the president, um, he writes: until the Bay of Pigs debacle in 1961, the CIA did very much as it pleased. 
in the conduct of COVID activities, its special monopoly. Unlike President Reagan 25 years later, President Kennedy accepted full responsibility for the failure, as President Eisenhower had done when the CIA reconnaissance plane had been shot down over the Soviet Union the year before. Kennedy finally ended Alan Dulles' long career as CIA director without doing much to change the way the CIA did business covertly. Kennedy's successor, Lyndon B. Johnson and Richard M. Nixon, finally brought, uh, um, brought on a revolt in Congress, which had long failed to bear its share of constitutional responsibility for foreign policy in general and war-making powers in particular. The Vietnam War, the CIA's embroilments in Chile and elsewhere, among other things, led Congress to make a major effort to change the rules which had previously governed relations with the executive branch. So all, all of this is, is vital context for understanding the Iran-Contra affair, um, the means by which uh, weapons were uh, given to uh, Iran, um, the mortal enemy of, of the United States, and um, funding given to the Contras, uh, the uh, murderous um, anti-Sandinista guerrillas uh, of the uh, deposed of the uh, the previous um, Somoza regime, who beheaded and butchered their way uh, across um, uh, Nicaragua and, and beyond, uh, armed and equipped by the CIA in order to destabilise a broadly popular socialist regime uh, in the uh, in uh, Nicaragua, um, run by the Ortega brothers, um, and eventually, eventually, returned to the type of rule that the uh, U.S. Um, preferred, when largely under duress, the Nicaraguan population voted in 1990 for Violeta Chamorro who spent um, much of her time in office overturning the um, progressive uh, changes that had been introduced under the Sandinista regime. So by the 1980s, neither the presidency nor the CIA had the free hands that they used to. Um, as um, Draper points out, uh, and um, as uh, it has been kind of explored before in this podcast, uh, in the uh, the first two decades of the CIA's uh, existence, it was, a, a, to some degree, a law unto itself. Uh, the CIA establishing the Truman was never quite meant to be the, um, the, the vast organisation uh, that it became. Instead, it was designed to be a, a kind of a, a daily information service for the president. Truman himself was particularly weak on foreign affairs and had a particularly weak understanding of uh, world events. He needed a, a briefing. He wound up with uh, a large organisation uh, under the likes of um, Wild Bill Donovan, um, who presumed it was their role to take a, a covert war to the Soviet Union against um, communism itself. In many instances, the CIA were not particularly interested whether the uh, governments they were overthrowing were uh, communist or whether they were simply 
nationalist movements and national liberation movements that had come to power in places like Indonesia or Chile uh, and were embracing, embracing uh, such projects as land reform uh, and the distribution of lands to the peasants. Um, ideas no doubt influenced uh, by socialist thinking but um, not necessarily a strategic threat to the USA or part of the Soviet sphere of influence regimes such as these by overthrown regardless. So the, the first clipping of wings um, came under the, uh, the war powers uh, resolution uh, post-Watergate. It required the President to submit a report to Congress within 48 hours of any involvement of US armed forces in hostilities or in and I quote, situations where imminent involvement in hostilities is clearly indicated by the circumstances. Um, the um, uh, Gulf of Tonkin incident and other casus belli uh, that had been used by the United States in order to uh, make a, a case for war uh, now could no longer be wafted through the House on, in such kind of a, a ambiguous uh, pretexts. It also required the President to terminate such involvement within 60 days after submitting his report if Congress had not approved his action. So uh, this in theory meant that um, military action needed to go through Congress. However, in the uh, subsequent decades after the, the War Powers Resolution, uh, Congress has repeatedly voted for um, the most ill-advised military actions, you know, of course, the Iraq war uh, being um, but one, um, without really the War Powers Resolution getting in the way at all. It presumes that there is a, an activist Congress that will scrutinise um, the decisions of the President and that uh, have um, a, a vested interest in preventing wars, and that appears in most instances to not be the case. Um, the War Powers Resolution was obviously, uh, writes Theodore Draper, far from being a foolproof congressional check on the President. It did not cover covert wars or paramilitary activities, such as the CIA later conducted in Nicaragua. It was restricted to the United States Armed Forces and left room for the use of unofficial or surrogate forces, such as the Nicaraguan Contras, um, uh, subsequently represented. It made Congress irrelevant if the armed action was completed in less than 60 days, as in the case of Grenada in October 1983 and Panama in December 1989. So the, uh, the legislation had serious loopholes in it, loopholes that were exploited by the CIA uh, and by the presidency, uh, and the loopholes that shaped the nature of conflicts to come. Um, Nixon saw fit to veto the resolution. Um, um, it was passed uh, over his veto in November 1973. However, Nixon announced that he was not going to be able to abide by this resolution on the ground that he considered it to be unconstitutional, thereby aggregating to himself the power given to the Supreme Court to decide on constitutionality. Um, his Republican successors, Ronald Reagan and George Bush, have both followed Nixon's example and they refused to recognise the War Powers Resolution as binding on them. 
Later, Congress did have greater successes in dealing with um, the problem of uh, covert operations um, that were uh, given the green light by the presidency. For example, the Hughes-Ryan Amendment um, to the Foreign Assistance Act meant that the president um, uh, had to find that each covert activity is important to national security uh, of the United States. Unfortunately, uh, national security became such an elastic term uh, that there was uh, very little that could not eventually, in subsequent decades, be kind of stuffed under that, that, that particular umbrella. There was a time limit placed on the President's report to Congress, um, but this is ambiguous in itself. It was just referred to that the President must report in a timely manner. Um, another important measure, writes Strabe, was added in 1980. Um, then an Intelligence Oversight Act sought to stiffen the reporting requirement by obligating the President to provide the Congressional Intelligence Committees with prior notice of any significant anticipated intelligence activity, including covert operations. In return, the number of Congressional Committees, um, in effect, the only chairman, uh, only their chairman and vice chairman, to which the President was supposed to report, was reduced from eight to two. So uh, everything is really gradually over time gerrymandered back in favour of the presidency and the CIA uh, and other kind of covert branches of the US, uh, uh, the US government. But there were a couple of details that would come back to haunt the Reagan administration. The first was, uh, was the need for a thing called the presidential findings. Um, and these were to be written documents describing the need and nature of covert operations and bearing the president's signature. Second was the obligation to report to the appropriate congressional committees in a timely fashion. This term was not defined but was understood to mean a matter of days or at the most weeks, not months or years or whenever the president should be pleased to do so. Um, the Reagan administration itself um, codified the entire intelligence system on December the 4th, 1981, in an executive order, which was Executive Order 12333. The National Security Council was described as the highest executive uh, branch entity um, that provides review of guidance for and direction to the conduction of all national foreign intelligence, counterintelligence and special activities and attendant policies and programmes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When one codifies things, one uh, inadvertently removes any ambiguity. And ambiguity is really, really important when you're trying to bamboozle and lie to um, committees of the, the US Congress. Um, clearly, clearly setting out who is responsible for what was to have significant consequences for Reagan later on during the Iran-Contra um, affair. So the first part of the um, uh, the, the scandal, the uh, involvement between the Reagan administration and the Contras, began uh, before the before Reagan even uh, set foot uh, set foot in the White House on July the seventeenth, nineteen seventy nine, um, at the end of the Carter administration, the forty year old forty uh, two year old dictatorship uh, of um, the Somoza um, junta in um, Nicaragua collapsed. It was overthrown by a broad revolutionary coalition known as the Sandinista National Liberation Front. Uh, which took its name from the Nicaraguan revolutionary leader Augusto César Sandino. Um, beginning in 1926, he had waged a guerrilla war um, against US, the U.S. occupation of Nicaragua until he was tracked down and killed in 1934 by the local National Guard, uh, commanded by its U.S.-trained and appointed general Anastasio Somoza, who was the patriarch of the Somoza dynasty. So the using of Sandino's name was a, a, a clear message to um, the Somoza um, ruling family uh, that um, you know, trouble was on the way. The Carter administration decided to treat the new regime with a little bit of goodwill, uh, quite an uncommon goodwill, all things considered, um, when similar regimes had emerged in Cuba and Guatemala. They had not been treated with anywhere near uh, that degree of courtesy. Nicaragua received $39 million of, uh, in emergency food aid from the US in 1979 and another $60 million in emergency economic assistance in 1980. There were figures within the uh, State Department who looked upon the, uh, uh, the Somoza regime and its uh, um, demise with a little bit of relief. This was uh, becoming quite an embarrassment, the ability of America to uh, make any sort of meaningful claim that it was uh, the protector of democracy around the world was always undermined by these local thugs. So Carter was perhaps uh, happy to um, kind of have a punt, really, on the Sandinistas to see if there was some kind of um, positive... Uh, rapport that the two sides could have. However, at the same time, Carter signed uh, a finding in 1979 to support the democratic elements in Nicaragua 
and what promised to be a bitter, bitter struggle with extremists. When the moderates and extremists in the Sandinistan movement began to fall apart, the latter increasingly um, seized the upper hand. The two moderate members, um, Violeta Chamorro, uh, before she shifted uh, fundamentally to the neoliberal right, and, um, and Alfonso Rebelo, um, found it necessary to resign from the five-member governing council. Daniel Ortega, the, uh, the left leader of the Sandinistas, emerged as what was described as the Nicaraguan Castro. The Sandinistas gave support to leftist guerrillas in El Salvador um, and began to send arms from Nicaragua. In March 1980, uh, a Sandinista delegation went to Moscow and signed economic, technical, scientific and cultural agreements with the Soviet Union, and Cuban advisers moved into Nicaragua. Uh, from the point of view of Washington, this is all nightmarish, this is losing Central America, whether Moscow was in any way seriously interested in Nicaragua or saw it as a kind of a, 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 a small bit of leverage in America's backyard um, is it, it, debatable. Um, I can't genuinely believe that Nicaragua had that much strategic value to a post-Cuban missile crisis USSR. When Reagan was inaugurated in 1981, US policy had completely shifted. Republican, uh, the Republican electoral platform had virtually called for the overthrow of the Sandinista regime. Now, if you look at how uh, the Republican Party currently look at uh, regimes in South America that they don't like the look of, particularly Venezuela, um, there's a great deal of continuity there. And let us not forget that um, the recently sworn in uh, President Biden of the Democrat Party has similar views on the uh, Maduro regime in Venezuela. Reagan said, we will support the efforts of the Nicaraguan people to establish a free and independent government. Um, the administration began to uh, make good on that pledge. In February 1981, um, a $15 million payment um, was suspended to Nicaragua um, of a $75 million uh, aid, pack aid package kind of uh, allotment. I've talked a lot previously on this podcast about Reagan's concept, concepts of um, freedom, his way of thinking about freedom, um, his idea that um, the USA was uh, a, an agent of freedom, uh, the, the, the rolling back of the state uh, in America, the breaking of trade union power in America, and the liberation of capital in America was really part of the long American story of freedom, uh, and that this must be exported wherever possible. The fact that the, um, the Monroe Doctrine stated clearly that um, it was America's right to see Central and South America as its sphere of influence, uh, and that um, any other power had no business being there. Uh, in the 19th century, this was Britain and France. And obviously in the post-Second World War, we're talking about the, the Soviet Union. This also guides uh, American foreign policy. 
the CIA had first proposed a programme of covert action against the Sandinista regime in March 1981, at which time President Reagan had authorised a CIA covert programme for Central America in general. Reagan signed National Security Decision Directive 17 to provide covert support for the anti-Sandinistas on November the 17th. A finding of December the 1st covered up this decision by stating that the USA was merely to interdict the flow of arms from Nicaragua to El Salvador. So uh, this was how, how the presidential findings were kind of counteracted. You just lie and you kind of distort the truth. Much has obviously been made, and with very, very good reason, of the, the last four years of uh, massive lies and fraudulent dishonesty by ex-President Trump. But it is worth looking at the fact that much of this is part of a, a trend as opposed to an aberration. Um, the, the difference, perhaps, is that when previous presidents have deceived, they haven't had the um, amplification of social media, and also they have had perhaps a slightly, uh, a slightly better ability to charm the centre ground of US politics and the, and the, the US populace um, while deceiving them. Um, with Trump, that's not quite the same thing. Two anti-Sandinista forces, um, the uh, FRS, the Sandinista Revolutionary Front, Lebe uh, Eden Pastoram, who uh, were Sandinistas who had broken away from the Sandinista uh, movement, believing it had moved too far to the left, um, emerged, um, and uh, the FRS um, was based in Costa Rica. Um, in Honduras, another anti-Sandinista force, um, made up of Somoza's National Guard and headed by Enrique Bermudez, um, was founded. Um, Bermudez succeeded in bringing together a small group of former National Guard officers and uh, anti-Sandinista civilians to form the Fuerza Democrática Nicaraguanese, uh, Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan Democratic Force, uh, or FDM. Um, this force um, was repeatedly accused of seeking to restore the Somosos to power um, and was opposed to Pastora. Um, the feeling was pretty mutual. Um, and the CIA eventually chose Bermudez to, to work with. Um, the problem with Pastora is that had he seized power, he would equally have not wanted United States influence in um, Nicaragua. Um, the, the first attempts to train the anti-Sandinista force in Honduras was made by the uh, pliant uh, Argentine military, uh, also um, a, uh, a fascistic um, organisation uh, under the sway of um, CIA influence. Um, and unfortunately for um, uh, the uh, Argentine-CIA relationship, uh, when eventually uh, the US helped Britain during the Argentine, uh, Argentinian uh, invasion of the Falklands, um, the, the relationship uh, rather soured, and it was followed eventually by the overthrow of the uh, Argentinian junta um, led by General Galtieri. Um, in the course of 1982, the CIA 
took over the entire Contra operation, uh, the Contra being, uh, Contra being this sort of the umbrella term for the various um, secret, uh, covert, um, anti-Sandinista uh, groups who eventually form into one Contra army. Um, after discussing with uh, director, after discussion with director uh, William Casey, um, the Newsweek magazine of November 1982 um, ran a story called "America's Secret War in Nicaragua." Without saying as much, it conveyed the impression, writes um, uh, Theodore Draper, uh, that the United States was engaged in a covert military operation to overthrow the Sandinistas in Nicaragua or, as the story put it, to undermine the Sandinista government. One of the repercussions of this article was a forceful editorial denunciation in the Boston Globe. Among its readers was Representative Edward P. Boland of Massachusetts, the chairman of the House Select Committee on, the Intelli on Intelligence. Casey denied the story had come uh, um, to the committee, but boasted that the numbers of the, uh, of the Contra Force had grown from 500 to 4,000. One of Casey's problems was that he did not give the impression of a man who could be automatically trusted. And that would be a metaphor for the uh, rest of the Iran-Contra scandal. We haven't uh, focused on Iran yet, but we will do as we uh, look more at Draper's work uh, in subsequent podcasts. Anyway, I hope you find this useful. The new website, explaininghistory.org, is now up and running. It's where I'll be posting some uh, various bloggings in the not-too-distant future. You can find a link to our uh, Patreon there. If you're uh, able to make a donation to keep the uh, podcast solvent, that would be great. Uh, and I will catch you on the next Explaining History podcast, and hopefully we'll be speaking to Mick Wright uh, tomorrow, uh, which will be a, a great honour for the podcast indeed, as a, a fantastic journalist he is. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye-bye. 